It's episode 47 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guests are Alistair and Anna from City Impro. Cheer yourselves. I'm going to start with an incisive, uh, far-reaching question. How are you? <laughs> oh, we're doing good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for bringing a live audience along. <laughs> <laughs> the Improv London podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> They're not reacting very well to no, us no. so far, no. <laughs> it's just like silence from the ranks. Yeah. <laughs> I can see my mum looking disapprovingly. <laughs> Does, do, does your mum disapprove of you? No, no, no. On the contrary. My mum's, like, really happy about the fact that I have a hobby, I think. Like, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there something that she felt that you should have? Um, I think I think she's quite, like, she's quite surprised as to have it, because when you, like, leave uni and stuff like that, you often lose, I think, the time to yeah. do stuff outside of work. And I think everyone's, qu- like, I'm quite excited that I'm still doing... <laughs> something that's not working and you know just like an, an, another activity in my in my life yeah brilliant yeah. i'm glad you're feeling excited about it we all feel it's a chore yeah it's like, oh. so you're finding it a chore probably yeah. probably stop doing it that's when you yeah hello oh yeah we've got to say nice things about the nursery oh yay yeah yes thanks thank you the nursery the nursery for all your improv needs whether it's a workshop or rehearsal awesome. space. Yeah. Mm. Prime location rehearsal space, I should add, uh, yes. we're in at the moment. So. Yeah. Is this part, is this one? It's a really big room. It is a really big it's room. A really good room. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to fit all the audience in. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, yes, the nursery. We love the nursery. Yeah. Um, they very kindly uh, let us use this room. Mm-hmm. The biggest room I've ever probably been in the auditorium the auditorium (laughs) (laughs) so you two are in city impro yes Yes. yeah that's amazing Mm -hmm. also you do a different type of improvisation than we normally talk about on this podcast yes uh yeah we do short form um that probably has now meant that half your listenership has turned off immediately um but yes yeah we're so yeah we do short form. Uh, we love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why why have you? I'm trying to think. There's there's improbable. Mm-hmm. They do short form. Trying to think of other established groups. Shoot from the hip. Shoot from the hip. Yeah. Yep. The comedy store players. The comedy. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, they're quite big. Yeah, actually, they are. Aren't quite they? Big. Yeah. 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 Um, um, that's yeah. it. Like, there's other groups outside of London. Yeah, and there's, we... I'm seeing more and more now, like groups forming out of the hoopla courses. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Um, yes. It seems to be growing the short form scene. Again, yeah. Because yeah. when I started doing improv, there's a lot more short form groups, I think, around. So that was about 2012. Hmm. When I finished hoopla, I think there were a couple of groups that were doing short form on a more like regular basis. Yeah. What is but, it? But I think we. I really, I'd really, I've, I mean, the reason I'm not doing anything else is because I learned short form and I was like, oh, this is really great. And um, I also don't have time to learn anything new now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can satisfy all of my improv needs by just, you know, 
running around doing three-minute bursts of, uh, of, of crap, you know? <laughs> well, I, so I think, you know, for me, what I love about short form is it's that you get to reset multiple times. So if something is going bad, you know you can at just some point end the game and do something else. And that's kind of, and I also quite like that short form tends to sort of concentrate on being funny. Love improv where there's like dramatic points in it, but I also like stuff that's going to make me laugh. I think the other thing as well, it's the easiest one to explain to audiences. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Yeah. You just say we're going to play some games and make some stuff up and away you go. Yeah. I also really like the, I don't know, you can just come in and do something insane in short form a lot easier, mm -hmm. I think, than in long form because, as you said, you reset after three minutes. So if I do an entire scene where like, I'm non-verbal and just communicate in grunts or whatever, that's much easier to sustain for like three to five minutes than for like a 40-minute yeah. piece or something like that. Um, although, yeah. so And then also like... I don't know. It's uh, what I—that's th the other thing, and I want to talk about this. Is like, um, I love the audience interaction part of short form. Like, that's probably one of my top things about it. The fact that you're constantly communicating with the audience for suggestions, and sometimes the audience will be on stage, or sometimes they'll they'll shout words every five seconds or something. And that, to me, is something really special. The way that an audience can really shape a performance. Yeah. And some of the best moments like from improv were like because someone in the audience said something and you were like oh this is going to go into this direction now and that's i really really love that i think as well that what i really like about short form is it's one of those where you can go out and you don't have to worry about oh am i you know are we coming to an end is there you know does this all make sense you can just go and do a game and then you come along, you do another game that's completely different and it gets you in different mindsets. So like some games you're all about how do I convey information to someone and then in other games you're just how do I play a wacky character mm. that I've been given as a suggestion. So I quite like that shift that you get. It gives you a bit of a workout, doesn't it, mentally? Yeah, um, it does. Short form. Yeah. yeah. If someone came to us, because you run your own shows. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that's at the Water Poet. Yep. yep. And it's Sunday afternoon. Every other Sunday. Every other, yeah. Sunday. Every other Sunday. So what would somebody uh, who comes along to one of those shows expect to see? So at the moment, we're, the format has sort of changed over... We've been there for two years now. Yeah. Wow. I uh, started it in 2014. And um, now the current sort of format of the show is that it's a very short show because it's on a Sunday afternoon at 5.30. And it's usually done by 6.45, like latest 7. And, that, and it doesn't have an interval. So you just come in and it'll usually be us and one guest group or sometimes two guest groups, yeah. like depending. And we always start with the guest group and those can be like all sorts of different things. So we often have, um, you know, different long form groups. We sometimes have musical improv. We have other short form groups. Like, I don't know, if you want to be on a, like, on the water pro, just email us like, and we can try and fit you in. And then afterwards, City Impro will do a, a set, usually. Depending on how long the other group went, we'll do between like 20 and 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And then that's, that's the end of the show already. And people, and it's quite nice because the, the pub's like in a basement. So I think at that point, people like want to just go outside. Right. And then, I think yeah. what people really like about it is that they all say to us, oh, it's brilliant. It's over by like seven. Yes. And, 
on a Sunday night, you don't want to be out until 10 o'clock because you've got work the next day for most people. And it's a like that, I've come along, it's something to do, especially as the nights draw in. (laughs) You can't be wandering the streets sort of at 5.30 on a Sunday evening, like from sort of October onwards. So it's a nice little thing to sort of end your day whilst you're out in trendy Shoreditch. Mm-hmm. And then go and watch it, and then disappear off home, and you're tucked up in bed at a nice hour. Oh, I tell you what, that that really sounds attractive. Yeah, that really, yeah. But I think the other thing that we've sort of found with it is we we market it at people who are non-improvisers, don't we? So we yeah. we try and do a show where we're bringing people who might not have ever seen improv or have looked up for something to do. We've had quite a few people, sort of tourists, haven't we, who've yeah. sort of typed in improv in London and seen the shows on. Yeah. So it's those type of, you know, we want people who just want a bit of fun on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's really great if you can get, the more people that you can get to see an improv show, I think it's a brilliant thing because yeah. then they might come and see another show. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, mm. and much as I love performing to my improvising friends, it's, mm. you know, it's nice to have real people in an audience. Yeah. So why did the, how did the timing, was that a deliberate choice or was that just the slot that you got? Or? Yeah, the timing is what we, I think what we got from the venue. I think it's always been at 5.30, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, when we first approached the venue, we sort of said, we want to do a show on a Sunday. And they said, well, we don't want something really late because they close up quite early on a Sunday usually, don't yeah. they? And they sort of suggested this. Oh, it's because their Sunday roasts finish at five o'clock, wasn't it, initially? Oh. And then they wanted something to try and keep people in the pub. Oh, right. It hasn't really ever met that objective. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, but we, we, we sort of get extra people in. But yeah, that was the whole idea. They finished their roasts at five. So people, you know, would have finished up by then. They could come down and watch That's some fun. comedy. Yeah. Um. And sometimes, it, I mean, sometimes we do get people yeah, who were just yeah. sitting upstairs and then yeah. come down and, and watch the show. Yeah. 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 So you play a mixture of games. Do you have a favourite game to play? Oh, it changes quite a bit. Mine. At the moment, I'm really, I really like this game uh, called Time Hop, which is, it's, it's like a very sceny game where you establish a moment in time where something happens and that's chosen by the audience. So you'll have like, the moment where Pete tied his shoes or the moment where Jenny fell off the wall or something like that. And then the game just goes that you will start off like 15 minutes before that, but then you start playing the scene, you establish characters, and then you just hop back and forward in time. And the, the, the shift is always introduced by someone shouting, we cut to 20 years in the future, we oh. cut to five seconds later, we cut back to that. And I really like that because you can do, it's quite like you play, um, a sort of narrative but not in the right order and you can do like weird things with cuts I quite like that so. yeah my one it changes a lot yeah. I quite like the the game we so we call the game hashtag lines um, but it's basically scenes we'd like to see and it's that quick you know doing very quick snippets the, I think the reason I like it so much is it's one of those things games where you can start reincorporating stuff that's happened previously in the show right, yes. and you get a lot of laughs through the reincorporation as well as saying something 
funny that you've made up at that point as well. It's very quick fire as well. And I think it's easy, like the audience can enjoy it as well. Mm. It's also the game that's quite risky because I've played it and it's gone tremendously bad. <laughs> <laughs> you just sold your food, don't you? Yeah, kind of like, like, nope, we're going to do another couple of these. Do, yeah, yeah, we have you, to go through them. You will all sit and enjoy this. <laughs> you know. um, so when you say it's scenes we want to see, how does that work? Uh, so we we do it as if it's uh, something you would get on a Twitter hashtag. Right. But we, so you'll, you'll say, you know, uh, something that shouldn't be said if you were doing this job and you'd get the audience to provide the oh, job. Oh, right. So, yes. you know, something you wouldn't want a plumber to say. And then we do things like uh, things you wouldn't hear if you went back in time to... Um, and you know, audience fill in the blank there. So it's it's quite a nice. Well, we don't play it on our Sunday show, really, do we? No. We do it in our other one, but that's my favourite. I want to do one. I'm just going to tell Alistair as well while we're here, which is because it's a, it's a variation on st- sitting, standing, lying. You know, where you have a scene where one person has to stand, one person always has to, sit, and the other person has to lie. You know, the, yeah. but there's a variation where. <laughs> One, it's just you play a scene and one person has to have their head in a bucket of water at all times. <laughs> I really want to do that one. Like, I, just, I just think that just the chaotic energy of that would just be amazing. Like, it must just be so fun yeah. to watch. And I, and I also want to see people justify like why is their head in a bucket of water for three minutes. <laughs> That's a lovely idea. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and now we do this. Yeah. And it should also just be in the beginning of the show. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the show is yeah. like all performers are like drenching. <laughs> I don't know. That that seems really fun to me. Maybe once I do it, I'll be like, never again. <laughs> that was a shit idea. But right now, the idea just seems like it's inherently funny. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that, Alistair? Um, uh, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> said shaking his head. Yeah. It's on record now, you've got to do it. What does the audience think about <laughs> that? Um, I know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm quite a fan of putting twists on what people sort of deem the classic games. Um, so things like that, yeah. Although I hate water, so... Yeah, yeah. that would make it all the fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you've ever been to the Water Poet uh, or the Sweat Box, as it's also cool. known, yeah, yeah. In um, summer. yeah, in summer, that is an ideal game because that would just cool us down yeah. enough for the show. <laughs> mm. yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice space. I think um, when I played there, I was just really excited to have like a green room. That's an exaggeration, and then a <laughs> corridor to run along. Yeah, you were coming onto yeah. stage. I was just like, Do you know what? This is what my dreams are made of. Yeah. This yeah. is all yeah. I want, really, from my. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did a gig at the Miller and it had a smoke machine and oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Like, I really want a smoke machine. Yeah, I know. Like, I think if we ever like, you know, win the lottery, yeah. the improv lottery, we're buying a smoke machine. Yeah. No, I really want a smoke machine. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to be trusted with it. I would just put it on full, completely, yeah. Yeah. Like, all the time, even if it demand, didn't demand the uh, smoke. It'd be justifying it as well, wouldn't it? Every yes. scene would be, can I get a location or, you know, yeah. foggy. <laughs> the suggestion you'd get all the time, wouldn't mm. it? Sauna. Yeah, sauna. <laughs> mm. No, definitely, I'm, I'm with you on the smoke machine. Is mm. there anything else, if money were no object, that you'd introduce to your show? Ooh, like an... I want an LED screen at the back of... Yeah, that would be, yeah. Like, so you <laughs> what would you put on your LED screen? Lights? I don't know, like, you could have, like... <laughs> Like a video wall. Yeah. Wow. I've always, like, one of my, uh, so, like, this is one of my, you know, concepts that I'd love to do is, have you ever seen those people who, um, like, they do it in an overhead projector, but you put sand on it, 
and then you sort of they make uh, art with the sand by moving it around oh, and they wow. do it very quickly with their hands yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'd love to have that like projected up on the wall and that's your back Oh, and then the you scene. can draw the locations on the... the logo- yeah. Like, copyrighted Alistair Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but someone who is, like, projecting up images that yeah. are drawing mm. the backdrop to wherever you are. So if someone says, you know, give me a location, and you say, I'm on a desert island, someone scribbles a desert island, and you've then got a lovely... Yeah. yeah, no, really. If like I that. see that show put on by anyone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want half the merchandise income. Yeah. It's probably already been done. It's probably been done. Um, agreed. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, even if you if you did it with sand or if you did it with just a drawing or yeah, it needs to be somebody who's very quick at drawing. Yeah, but there's lots of people out there who. But could you um, get? I mean. So you know, you get. Can you get some like transparent things that you would put on an OHP, and then it would kind of project it up or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not. It's yeah. That's not the most expensive dream we can have. <laughs> <laughs> on the next episode yeah. of Alistair's cheap dreams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's but worse. it's a good idea. Like, I mean, the, the improv scene could probably have a whip round. Yeah. We could probably sort you out with that. If you just want an OHP yeah, and a bit of sand, yeah. we could probably make that dream come true. <laughs> I like it. If money was no object, what would you have? I'd have an overhead projector. <laughs> With a bit of sand. We'd do the bucket game. Yeah. The bucket would be made out of gold. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's all nice. <laughs> but you also have, you also have the uh, frightening sounding death match. The improv death match. What yes. happens at an improv death match? Um, I wish I brought the official uh, marketing material, but um, basically, <laughs> two teams uh, enter into um, an arena, which is basically a stage, um, and they they compete against each other in a series of games. Uh, we have a referee who sort of looks after the whole show. Uh, the audience, after each game, award points, and then those points get translated into time for the final deathmatch round where the team sort of do some scenes and the audience then decide a winner in this grand setup. Um, it's, it's a rip-off of a number of different <laughs> other sort of shows and formats that we've seen sort of performed around various places. I think it just about is lovingly ripped off from enough places that we don't have to pay anyone <laughs> to do it. Um, <laughs> it. It all came about actually. So. Um, we wanted sort of a show to do for the Camden Fringe in 2015. And David and I, so David was one of the ones who sort of founded the group. We were kind of, oh, we want this. We, we, David had seen a show where there'd been a referee involved and sort of had overseen all the games that took place. And I'd seen this show in Canada where there was this competitive element. So you had two teams each. And it was on a weekly basis, two teams came. And then whoever won came back the next week. And then a new team came back you know, to fight them, and they, it was like, winner stays on. And what I really loved about it was the audience decided at the end who won. So right. you sort of, so they got, you worked an advantage, and the way they did in Canada was, like, um, one of the advantages you got is you removed a player from the other team for the final oh. game. And so we wanted this kind of thing where someone went into the final game with a bit of an advantage, yeah. but then you had the audience deciding the winner, and then we sort of came up with this... It was meant to be sort of like this gladiatorial combat type thing um, that never really quite... And like the referee was meant to be kind of like a, a wrestling referee. So, um, but, and we sort of trialled the show over a number of sort of... 
And it's an evolving format still. Yeah, like we yeah. used to have different, like we used to do basically a game of charades at the end and then drop that at some point because we needed a way to determine the winner. Yeah. And also the number of games and the types of games and stuff have changed over. The really weird thing was, because like, there was, I think it was about the third or fourth show where the audience really got into it and were rooting for one team and there was some kind of decision made at the end where it was clear the other team had won but they didn't win and the audience really booed the referee and at that point I sort of that was when I turned to David McClane like this is where the show like they've got the show now yeah um, and it was it was really static I mean you had all these people booing <laughs> at the end and you're kind of like oh this is frightening atmosphere but you're also kind of like but the show's worked so yeah cool. <laughs> so they clearly I'm, love it I'm about to be killed but I've at least <laughs> got I've made it in the show I have, business yeah and sometimes like it's I think it's I've had a show as well when we did Brighton we brought it to Brighton this year and there was one and we did like a really late night slot I mean not super late but it started at 11.30 oh, and people would late. people would come into the pub on a Saturday night and often be quite like drunk already or inebriated and there was one show we did I think it was on the first weekend where they sort of really got into it and like they we would run on on stage and the people would shout like blue 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 or red 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 like and really like in a way where i thought like it's good that we're trying to make these people laugh and not trying to incite violence because i think either would work in this situation <laughs> <laughs> like and you were there and you were like okay this is really great like the audience is clearly in it but we have to be very careful that we don't say and now go and you know yeah. do something yeah, that we could have actually, yeah we could have like, had death for that show yeah. <laughs> and they would have been all for it yeah yeah it was a very but it's sort of that's you know that's again it's it's an interesting way of communicating with an audience like i it's one of the reasons i really like improv like it's and sometimes it can go a bit far but then again if someone boozy like someone is so into a show that they they like is to boo something you have to like it's there's a like way where you don't boo something because you're embarrassed or because it's polite or something like that like to emotionally feel like that I think what there's one thing I love about the improv deathmatch, but it's also its biggest weakness actually. <laughs> in that, so when we created it, we wanted something where we had guest performers, and it's brilliant because each show is different because you've got guests and it changes the dynamic, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. Um, and we mix up the teams. It, it also makes it the most admin complicated show <laughs> because you need to find we we do it with ten people. Yeah. So four on each team, a referee, and then someone sort of trying to keep the admin techie side trying to find 10 people you know especially when you're doing it at a festival is um you know you can rip your hair out trying to (laughs) sort out dates but but that's what i really like that you you're doing it with different people each time aren't Mm. you yeah Um, yeah. and you sort of i think when it works it's it just it just feels really great doesn't it it's uh there's been some shows we've come i've come out of where i'm just kind of like this is fantastic Mm. It's been shows where I've come out and gone. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Yeah. But that's the beauty of improv, yeah. both its blessing and its curse, yeah. is that it could be amazing. It mm. could also be terrible. Mm. I think it's really weird in the deathmatch how much you get into the winning side of it because, in a sense, like it's a show. You know, like the important thing is that the audience has fun, and I think the best shows are when both teams are really balanced and yeah. it's like a, a toss-up who's going to win and. And but 
you really get into like and you forget that it's not about winning like yeah. it's a <laughs> choice and there's times when i've been sometimes you know a night doesn't go that well and you you lose by a massive margin or the audience kind of turns against you a bit and really roots for the other team and like it hurts like it hurts in your <laughs> yeah. heart and you're just like oh my god like i wish i had won even though like the show in itself might have been great and the fun element might have been in the fact that the, it was so lopsided and but yeah it's yeah. really so so for the first sort of year and a bit I didn't ever perform in it I just teched the show or I did the referee and I told everyone in the group it doesn't matter about who wins you know this is not about who wins <laughs> and then in Brighton I, I got to be in the teams three times I lost every time and I was kind of like no it does matter who wins <laughs> and I was kind of like I don't want to be the only person who's never won on this yeah. um, so it's weird that you yeah you do it is that, have you won now you must have I won, have I've won one I've, I'm Played four, lost three, won one. Oh God! Not that I'm keeping track. No, <laughs> I've I've forgotten. I've forgotten. You've won so many. No, I no, I won as. No, I've lost more than I've won, but I won all of my matches in the Camden Fringe this year, and that was that's it. Like I'm happy about that one. I will never forget that. <laughs> so with the format for that, who sets the games? Do. You, um, we tend to, so whoever the referee is for the show, and then if there's people who aren't performing but are sort of supporting, we will tend to draw up a list of games ahead of the show and then take it, the groups through the games an hour before the show, at which point people go, I don't want to play that game. And then we do another game instead. So it's kind of like, a, here's a first draft, and then we sort of have a final um, verdict. It's weird in that we play certain games at certain. So there's kind of like a, you know, we've got to end on this game. This game goes in the middle. Yeah. Um, but we sort of switch around some mm. of the stuff, don't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. Is there any particular game you're always trying to get people to play and they always go no? Um, I think we never do any like gibberish no, stuff, no. which we should do yeah. sometimes, I think. like yeah, People are resistant to doing gibberish. I think so, because... It's really weird. The people who've played the improv death match before will say, I don't want to play that game because the audience don't like it. Yeah. And they sort of realise that, you know, it's it's really weird that, yeah, people sort of, that's the competitive side comes out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I really, or like, we, so the first two rounds, we have four games and one team plays two and the other team plays the other two and they'll go, I really don't like those two. Or like, they'll be rooting yeah. for a particular set of games yeah. and they'll kind of, just play the game. Yeah. <laughs> They're all kind of similar, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So um, you say some games work to start, some middle, some ending. How, how how do you work out what works at the beginning, what works at the end? I think like so. The beginning is like we do an elimination round just to sort of. I think so. The, it's story, story, die usually, which is a nice game because it gets the audience just shouting one word, which is die. So you, like the game is you point at people, they have to tell a story if they mess up, the own shouts are. And I think we do that one for a number of reasons, which is just to, like introduce a format, like make people aware that this is all really improvised right, yes. um, because maybe a lot of people won't believe it. Um, and it also gets the audience into shouting stuff without having to actually be creative in themselves um, right, because yes. people need that initial yes. thing to get over. And then, so I think that's, one of the reasons we do that. Yeah, we also use it as a way of sort of showing that the referee has a bit of power. Yeah. 
this is probably breaking it down too much no. psychoanalyzing yeah, it's, yeah, no, like it's, kind of like, yeah. it's impossible to break it down too much in um, no. oh, yeah, okay. it's kind of like a nice way of showing actually the referee you know decides who is telling the story at that point um, mm. um, and it's also a really nice one where if people are getting too good at it you can crank up the difficulty really easily can't yeah. you yeah yeah and then after that and then there's always a bit in the middle now which is called embarrassing news um which is a, a group game which i think i really liked since we introduced that one like the idea of having a group game in the middle and then the yeah. audience has to decide which team they thought was funnier without them having seen one after the other so how does embarrassing news work it's um okay it's difficult so you have five people on stage one of them plays a child and then two people play the mother and two people play the father or white parent one parent two and parent one um they can only talk one word at a time right, right. so they have this and then the other parent can only talk at the same time so like uh, oh, so right, two yes. people have to speak yeah right. and and basically you're trying oh are we two people have to speak at the same time <laughs> it helps when you look at the other yeah, person. Yes, so you get eye the contact cue. very important. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and then the, they play a scene where the child has to break some embarrassing news to their parents. Oh, right, that sounds good. Yeah, and it's insane. Uh, what I love about the game is it never ends up being about the child's news. No, it never It always like... ends up being about the relationship between the two parents, yeah. doesn't it? And mm. it's always because one of them has said something that the other then sort of latches onto yeah. and... And it's really strange in that you think it's going to be about the child, don't you? Yeah, like, no, and, and the and child is mostly just there to keep everything like slightly under control, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, Brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's nice, the improv deathmatch, like, is like the, it's a nice mix between like chaos and like, like it's, it's because it has so many rules and like it's structured, actually quite structured, but then it's incredibly chaotic yeah. and it's like execution. It's really... It's amazing. I love it. Like it's, it's like one of those things where you feel like you're on the verge of losing control. Yeah, at all times. At all times. But, it but that's of most works, of improv, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. And the other... I mean, why did we create it? I think the reason we created it is we kind of wanted to show where we had a reason to do short form games. Yeah. So one of the things, like I always felt through watching, you know, like watching the comedy store players or watching, you know, whose line is, what's the, you know, if you're an audience member, it's great to come along and be entertained. But long form has kind of like a, you're watching a show for a reason because I'm going to either do something dramatic, I'm going to do something which has a story, it's a musical. We kind of, so David and me, we wanted something where, give me a reason why the audience is going to come along to this show, rather than just go and see someone else do short form games. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like, well, let's create a competitive yeah. environment. But, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the short form shows that are around, um, a lot of people do sort of like a competitive. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Battle Axe do a brilliant one. Obviously there's theatre sports. Yes. All of those, I think it's, it's that added element of, yeah. You know, give me a reason to watch it. Do you yeah. do any short form? Um, I haven't for a long time. I was in the Saturday mornings. Um, ah, the kids. kids yeah, yeah, kids yeah. yeah, yeah. You've been, you've done all. Which, yeah, yeah, which um, I really loved and was, you know, I had so much fun in that group that even though I love long form, I don't, don't see why you have to choose between long and short yeah. form. No, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and also um, if I'm watching you know, like a hoopla launch pad mm. or something like that, Oh, I tell you what, when the short form groups come on, I just, 
you know, just a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just relax and enjoy myself now. Mm. Um, I mean, I think eight, eight short-form groups might become exhausting, but probably not as exhausting as eight long-form groups, <laughs> <laughs> much as I love long-form groups. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I love it. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Uh, right, and you also do tours of London. Uh, yes, our boulder dash. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so the person who organised those is Martin. He yeah. that sort of that was Martin's little sort of baby, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it, I'm not really that involved with it. Like he does most of it. But the way it works is basically you um, we go to a museum or like a specific area of London. Yeah. And you do a tour of the area, and but instead of you know giving a tour where you say the actual history, it's all sort of made up. And again, there's a lot of like audience interaction going on where they can ask you questions about objects, and they can they can even like tell you the name of an object as they see it, and then you have to go off of that. So they and do know that you're making it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's, right, it's, okay. yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I, what's, what's really nice about it? So Martin, when he created it, he sort of had this whole. He's created a university. So he plays one of the professors and then whoever else is doing a tour will play either other professors or we've got Pearl, the admin girl. Mm. We've got like Eddie, who's a, you know, this hipster sort of person. So there's all these different characters who are part of this university environment. Who, so you also have those characters sort of interacting yeah, with each other. Yeah, so, and they have like yeah. a, a backstory mm. that comes out like more or less in each tour because obviously it's improvised so you can't plan in advance yeah. but there is a sort of idea that stuff happened between them in the past and it sort of spills into the tour so like one of the ones that they usually at some point in the tour they someone brings up about a part like a christmas party and yeah. something's happened and but it's it's different each time what so they uh one of the ones they do is um it's like a round london bridge it's the murderers tour and what's really nice about that is the is the police department, and you've got the characters who are like the detectives, and one of them is their last day, yeah. and so you've got this lovely sort of you're making stuff up, but you've also got characters. Mm. That I love that idea of having an overarching narrative that um, you know maybe the audience will know about, maybe they won't, um, but you know there are various um, groups doing soap operas where it's. A one long story so each time you go and see that group mm. you'll see the next bit of the story really that's yeah. a really interesting idea that's a really good one um, mm. and I, I, I when i first got in june Brob, i thought there would be more of that mm. i suppose because i came into it um from a tabletop role-playing uh, point of view yeah. and that's kind of what we did is we created a shared universe mm. that we would play in every week for you know mm. two years or whatever yeah. i really want to do that like if we it's something we're hoping to, to sort of do more regularly because it's, yeah. Um, uh, but it's yeah, it's Martin's sort of baby, and he's taken it from this sort of small idea that he had, um, mm. and sort of grown it into this huge sort of thing. It's really interesting when you can take improv out of the Miller or the mm. Water Poet, and then you know apply it in other places and see what you can do mm. for it. Like, one of my highlights actually this year has been when we were doing a Brighton Fringe and we had 15 minutes in the street. Um, and we just did, like it was Fringe City and you get a 15 minute slot. And we just, you had a microphone and we played some short form games out in the street and a number of people who just stopped and we, I was amazed at the number of people who stood there for like 10 minutes and watched a couple of games rather than just, yeah. you know, you'd think maybe someone would watch that and then move on. 
and that's really nice because you're taking it out of a you know theater and you're you're taking it to the people yeah. did you do yeah. were you there at the Spitterfields? yes and then we've also we've also done a show in inverted covers in Spitterfields market which i think that was like the the most disastrous thing <laughs> <laughs> imagine people queuing up for lunch and having improv forced down their that is what we did <laughs> that's what we did it's bad enough yeah. that they're queuing and they're yeah. hungry you've made yeah. them watch improv as well yeah. we're like carry and especially like short form improv which just relies on audience yeah, yeah audience <laughs> interaction it's like yeah. we need a can we have a location please and it was just like nope yeah. <laughs> So what was the setup at Spitalfields Market then? Why were you, why yeah, were you so doing improv then? That sounds so, like a terrible place to do it. No, we thought it would be really great because there'd be hundreds of people there. <laughs> <laughs> unsuspecting audience members yeah. just ready to be entertained. But So what we did, um, we organised that as part of... Um, so we did the Shoreditch Improv Festival last year and that was sort of something we did in the run-up to that to try and promote it and get oh, the right. word out. Yeah. And I think we just, yeah... Sort of so you just turned up in Spitalfields. No, Mark. no, we did discuss it with someone in advance. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it was all. It wasn't uh, like, like we had a stage and a. Oh, right. We had a microphone. Yeah, my oh, world. Right. Yeah. Um, I because I didn't perform that day. I sort of turned up halfway through. Yeah. And I was kind of. Like, I whispered, "How's it going?" And they were terrible. Like, oh, okay. And then, but then, like Sandy and Danny were there, oh, yeah, and they yeah, were supporting yeah. us. Like ever since then, like I love them. Like yeah. the fact that they did that show. Yes. And so, and we're like afterwards, like yeah, we'll come back and perform yeah. with you. Like it's, we we haven't completely lost faith in everything you touch. <laughs> it was one of that, it was one of those things where we were talking about. It's kind of like you know people will see this and they'll just go, I've got to go to that test. <laughs> and it was kind of like no, these are people who go like I just want my lunch. <laughs> but then that's not entirely true because we did speak to one guy and he then came to the workshop that was part of the festival oh, so right. it's it, yeah. the whole pain was yeah, worth it, worth it for, for one person for one person <laughs> we will convert yeah. them one person at a time even if it takes us and i think he came to a show as well mm. like yeah but then yeah, so that was that was nice <laughs> <laughs> Uh, marketing and how you were trying to get to perform to essentially not just other improvisers as much as I love doing that. Really? Uh, well, I love performing to anybody really. Yeah. Um, so how do you go about this? It's, so I, I, one of the things that really works and that people don't do I think is flyering and mm -hmm. it's to make 500 flyers with just the name of the show, the venue, where it is, have like a little Google Maps thing on the back. And what we often do before our Sunday roast shows, like our water poet shows, is um, we fly her for like 30, like 20 yeah. minutes sometimes. It's, isn't it's like, really weird because obviously if you go up to Edinburgh, everyone's flying. Hmm. Yet when we've done the Camden Fringe, we've done the Brighton Fringe, and when we do like just in London in general, no one flies. Hmm. And it's really weird that. Because flying works, it's it's all a numbers game, isn't it, really? That if you give enough people a piece of paper, some of them turn up. And some of them like won't turn up that day, but they might turn up on another day. Like oh, they've seen your name. Yeah. Like so it's it, it does it does really help, I think. Like that's one of the big things and I can't I don't I can't believe that more I mean it's it's a time investment because you have to put in about thirty minutes beforehand. But even if you just do ten but you have three people doing it at different spots, like yeah. The other thing that Flyer 
helps as well. It forces you to come up with a short thing as to why do people want to see the show. Uh. It, it kind of forces you to do that sales pitch, doesn't it? Is mm. you know because you can't stand there most of the time having a ten minute conversation about why you're brilliant and you should come and see my show, or mm. you have to just say, you know, here's the show and give the concept in a sort of sentence or two, yeah. which I like. Oh yes. And the other thing which and that came out of discussions I had with a couple of people lately is to just um, I think just stick at what you're doing. Because I was speaking to someone who's like, I'm not going to say who it was, but they were telling me like, um, you know, oh, we've, we've been doing this this night and we've had problems getting, you know, people in and we've had like low audience numbers and we're thinking of ditching it. And I was like, no, like don't ditch it. Like yeah. if we've seen over the two years we've been at the Water Poet how we used to perform to an average of, let's say, seven people. And it's now eight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, guys. Yeah. Two years. No, it is, but it's more. Like, I think if there's yeah, been, yeah. except for the summer dip, we've had, like, most shows have had about, like, 15, 20 plus people, yeah. who, all of whom are non-improvisers. Wow. And it, it that takes, counts for more, actually. Does it? <laughs> if you can get non-improvisers yeah. watching a show, that's worth about three improvisers. I've written it down. We've done 113 shows. Really? Wow. Where that's ones that we've organised ourselves and put yeah. on. So yeah. we've played other nights yeah. sort of takes us to about 115 oh wow <laughs> <laughs> but, but like so 150 and it it's weird because like there's some shows we've had really big audiences mm. haven't we and then there's others where we've had but this year we've gone through without ever having like no. so, yeah we've not had no one yeah. this year yeah. Um, we've not had no one at a show this year. Yeah. That is, that is living the dream. That is. Yeah. I mean, the, the one show where two people were in the audience, they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the 400 people here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's another thing. It's like, don't get, don't get discouraged by... It takes people ages yeah. to understand that there's something there. And even and sometimes people will come to your show and really like it. And then, like, six months later, they'll be like, oh, I want to go back. Like, Because not everyone loves improv as much as we do. So not everyone's going to go see an improv show every week. But, like, we've had people come to the Sunday Roast and you're like, oh, we've seen you before. And it's like, yeah, and it's my birthday. And that's, that was one of the yeah. nicest things where yeah. someone was like, yeah, it's my birthday. And I just, I would, like, my partner just asked what I wanted to do. And I said, I really want to go see another City Impro show because we went like a year ago. So. <laughs> and you're like, yes, okay, we've become this person's birthday date. So we yeah. Now I have to keep going in perpetuity until <laughs> they die. It's like, it's, it's a really weird thing, but like you treat audience num- members as sort of a metric almost, don't you? Yeah, like, like, oh, my success is only judged on the number of... And actually, it's as long as you've got a few people there... Yeah. You can mm. still, and like some of the best shows we've done have been in front of quite small audiences. Yeah. We've also done some fabulous shows in front of really large audiences. audiences. <laughs> but, um, mm. but it's like, yeah, it's weird how people see audience numbers as a way of comparing success, and it shouldn't. Yes, it should be quality yeah. as well as quantity. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'd still love to play the Palladium with 2,000 people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, that's my, you know. Like a proper tech and like yeah. the music, yeah. A big stage, that would be nice. An LED screen at the yes. back, there's a bunch of wooden pads. Yeah, and an overhead projector. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, if we ever perform at the Palladium, like, and there's no overhead projector, like, they'll all be really disappointed. <laughs> but I think the other thing with, uh, like, an important thing is if you're, so, we took a conscious decision when we formed City and Pro that we wanted to put on our own nights because we kind of felt, um, so, 
when me and David um, sort of formed a group, we were kind of like, actually, we want to put on a night that like, feels like it's professionally run, where we're, you know, making... So this doesn't seem like some amateur cobbled together, you know, people tripping over wires, yeah. etc. And, like, part of our thing is always... We, we place a lot of focus on the show and putting on a good show, and that all includes, you know, promoting it. And I think the thing that we've sort of found over time is you need to know what your you know if you put on a good show where it runs to time it's people respect that and they don't then see it as you know none of us are doing this for you know huge sums of money <laughs> but we make it look like yeah. this is all sort of something we're doing that we're taking seriously mm. although we're having lots of fun it sort of feels so that's why like if you're putting on your own night I think that's why my sort of one of my things that I found with the improv scene when I first started was it's like going to stand-up comedy. There's some really amateurish stand-up comedy nights and those aren't as fun to go to as the stand-up comedy nights that are still amateur comedians but are run like you're watching yeah. professional ones. Mm. Um, so like my tip would be run it as, you know, you are running a proper show. Yeah. Yes. Because it is a proper show. It is, yeah. 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 Especially if people pay for it or you want to... And even if it's in the dingiest pub, yeah. Yeah. run it like it's, uh, you know... Mm. Um, that would be, yeah. yeah. So awesome. And explain to the audience what you're doing. Like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't ever, I would say, go on stage and say... Ladies and gentlemen, who has never seen improv? And then you have a lot of hands going up. And it's like, and now we're going to do a herald. <laughs> and then just launch into it. Because no one's going to understand what you're doing. And if, if you tell people you're doing improv, like they will expect whose line is it anyway. If any, yeah. no, they'll expect stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're like, no, 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 it's not stand-up. It's like, you know, it's made up. It's like, oh, it's like whose line. So if you're not doing that, like... And who did it? I think it was Giggle Loop once in our show where they came on stage and they were like, we're going to do some scenes and if I tap someone on the shoulder, that means I'm swapping myself out and if someone runs across the stage, that's the end of the scene. And you're like, brilliant. Like, people in the audience like, yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. It doesn't take a long time is to it, explain. But I yeah. find it, like, this is the, the question I have about improv. Like, and improv will only be big when you don't have to go on stage and go... We're going to do improv. That means it's all made up. Because if you go to a stand-up night, they don't come on and go, hi, everyone, you're going to watch some people who prepared some material beforehand. And they're going to tell it in a way that's going to probably make you all laugh. <laughs> and make it look like yeah, they are making it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't go to the theatre and someone comes out and goes, hello, everyone, uh, we're going to do a drama. That means... Probably there's going to be some sad parts. <laughs> you know, but there might be a yeah, comic relief be, character. Yeah. <laughs> there will probably be some kind of emotional journey and someone yeah. will discover something about it. It's, it's really weird that you have to do that in improv, but it's, I, you, you, it is something you need to do because we've had people turn up who have no idea. Yeah. So, but that's when, that's when improv's big. You don't have to yeah. explain what improv is. And last thing to say about having your own night is like, it's great to have your own night, um, but sort of think about, I mean, and we discovered this by accident, I'm not gonna say that we planned this, but like, who is gonna come to it? Like, who are you targeting? And, you know, how long are they willing to stay? Like, you know, if you can, if you can put on a night in like, I don't know, like a pub on the outskirts of London that's in a residential area, and no one's gonna go there because it's just not that well the populated pub. Whilst if you put on something in the center of town, that's really gonna help you. Like, I don't know, like how to. 
It's yeah. just like the idea is like, oh, why would someone come to a show on a Wednesday night? Or why would someone come to a show on a Tuesday afternoon? Like, you think about those things. So, like, a really yeah. nice example is um, we played The Orbit. Like, there's a sort of venue next door to it. And we played it on a Saturday night. And it was kind of, we had to say, well, who's going to be here on a Saturday night? And you kind of, it's going to be people who have been in the park, etc. Mm. It's not going to be probably improvisers, you know, who just happen to see... So you really have to think about who is going to be around at that point. Yeah, and how you might convince yeah, them. Yeah, and how do you then convince them to come in? Without any budget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Perhaps if we, but we've answered the question wrong about if we had all the money in the world. Yeah, we'd what probably, would we do? We'd probably, we'd probably take a tube ad. Like, yeah. That would probably be yeah. a, a much better thing. I want to see my face on yeah. Bank Station as you go down the escalator and <laughs> yeah. say, City Impro Show. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, we've invested in a video <laughs> We put on a great show that no one knows. <laughs> With all this money, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I know my OHP. <laughs> yes, so um, if we had all the money in the world, we'd spend it on a huge marketing budget. Yeah, and we'd hire someone to do the TV admin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and our admin. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... Yeah, I mean, improv admin's been talked about on this podcast before. Um, but, yeah, that is so important, okay. um, admin. I'm not going to go into it, but okay. <laughs> listen to the other ones. Because I, because people have said a lot of really good stuff about you need to get the admin right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Do you have something you wish to announce? Uh, yes. So, uh, so. Uh, let, wait, wait, let's think about it. Or yes. Th- yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, our new show <laughs> with a video wall. <laughs> Soon advertised on a tube. <laughs> um, this is where we need like a exclusive <laughs> Improv London exclusive. Um, this is an exclusive for the Improv London broadcast. <laughs> um, so uh, we did the Shoreditch Improv Festival. We were part of a City Improv that organised it last year. Yep. Um, and we're doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm now high fiving everyone in the audience. In audience. Uh, yeah, uh, it's coming back next year. So the dates are the 17th to 19th of February. They've all been confirmed. Uh, same venue as before, so we're doing it at the Walter Poet. Yeah. Um, I can't promise it's going to be bigger. Can't <laughs> promise it's going to be better. Uh, but I can promise those dates. <laughs> and they'll be improv. They'll be improv. Um, so we had tremendous fun doing it last yeah. year. Uh, we organised the festival in about six weeks, didn't we? Yep. Uh, this year, we're organising it in yeah, three we, months. We <laughs> so we've, we've doubled the time <laughs> that we've allocated to it. It's um, going to be twice as good yeah. in whatever metric. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, so uh, like this year, we're going to open up applications from groups. So please apply. We accept applications from any uh, group uh, for slots throughout the day on um, Saturday and Sunday and then in the evening on Friday. Yeah. So watch out for details soon on the Shoreditch Improv Festival website and our website. Yeah, and probably in like some Facebook groups. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, but like that was one of the most fun things, and that's like one of my highlights of this year. Going from a, um, we I think we all sat there going, we are crazy doing this <laughs> times, and uh, so th- my highlight, one of my highlights of this year was on 
This was Saturday evening, about 5.30, mm. wasn't it? So we were halfway through the festival, and the Friday night had gone okay, mm. uh, sort of half full crowd. The Saturday we'd had... Uh, it was good. It was we'd had, like, sold, sold out, out at that point. And Anna was on the laptop <laughs> with Martin, and they said, and she turned around and said, this was an hour before the show, we're going to have to stop selling tickets. We've completely sold out yeah. wow. the rest of tonight. And that was, like, the point where... Like, we're all feeling knackered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of how we, and that really gave us a... And it, that was, like, one of the times where I felt really, wow, like, people do want to come and see improv. And you can mm. do this thing as a festival and, you know... Mm. Really and those people in Spitalfields Market have turned up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, like, so, yeah, yeah I, I think we, we learnt a lot, didn't we? Yeah. In a very short space of time doing that. Yeah, that's um, insane. But it was super fun. And uh, please do send yeah. in applications. Please be very... If, if you send an application about what you're doing as a group, just try and write as much detail as possible because we just want to copy-paste it and put yes. it in our marketing material. And yeah. if you write, it's a herald, then yeah. it's bad for us because we, we, don't, yeah. we don't know what it is. I don't know what a herald is. is. I spent at least one weekend this year <laughs> Right in our program, where I had to find about eight different ways to explain explain a Harold, yeah. <laughs> but each one making it sound more exciting than the last one. <laughs> um, you know, amazing scenes and characters was used quite a bit. Of the program. <laughs> um, yeah, but yes, so that's going to happen. I yeah. should, we should mention uh, the others, shouldn't we? Who so so there was obviously uh, us two who were that Kate. And Martin were the other two main organisers, and then yeah. everyone else in the group sort of helped out at various stages as well. Should yeah, we do a name a... check of everyone in City and Pro as well? Yes. We should yeah, probably okay. should. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's. It's a paper because there's a lot yeah. of people in the group. Yeah, these people are now coming out du, from the back. Du, du, uh, du, yeah. du, so part du, of City Impro are. Apart from Alistair and myself, David Price, co-founder of the group. Yeah. Do you want to say your name? Uh, yes, uh, Ed Pithy. Ed Pithy, great guy. <laughs> really funny. Oh, now I have to say really funny for everyone. <laughs> this is like the Hamble thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I think we just have a category of people called Kate. There's three of them. Wow. This is, I think this is a shout out on a podcast. If your name is Kate and yeah. you're an improviser in London... We want you to join our group yeah. <laughs> because we are monopolising yeah. Kate in the improv world. We have Kate Bishop, Kate Hewitt and Kate O'Connor, Yeah, all of which are really funny. Yeah. yeah. Some are funnier than... No, <laughs> I'm just joking. All Kates, you're all equally funny. Someone who isn't, no. Uh, so we've also got Martin Holf. Uh, we talked about him earlier about the Bald Dash tours. Uh, he is amazing. Um, we so uh, we, we never really said about the City and Pro start, but Anna, myself, Kate, uh, not Kate. Uh, so Anna, me, Martin, and David were all on a Hoopla Improv course. Oh, so that's right. how we sort of all met and initially started. Um, do you yeah. want to do the other names? Yeah. So then we have a Svava Svavason. Um, who's also. He's been there from like almost the beginning. Yeah. Like he joined the same time I did. Um, also very funny. Just yeah. uh, <laughs> just need to say that for everyone now. And then um, we have Luke, Luke Valvona from the Little Show fame. Um, also very funny. Yeah. <sighs> okay. And uh, and then we've got uh, Jimmy. Jimmy recently joined the group. Uh, he's amazing as well. Yeah. And then we've also got Boss, who uh, joined the group. 
Just under a year ago. Under I year. also, can I at this point just say a big hello to all the fallen comrades uh, who have previously been in City Impact at various points. We've mm-hmm. had uh, what can only be described as some amazing people yeah. pass through the doors of City and Pro at various points. And uh, I've shed a tear each time yeah, someone I know. has Sometimes. left. Sometimes. Just going through the names last night, writing them down, was kind of like, oh, that was when we used to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. <laughs> but like, you know when you're, you sort of think back and go, oh, that was a really nice time. Mm. We are having, we are, we're not good now. Mm. We're brilliant. Yay! <laughs> I think that sounds a brilliant... Brilliant note to finish off. Uh, you're yeah. brilliant now. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Is that everybody? You've mentioned everybody. Uh, yep, yes, that's everybody. And a big thank you as well to all the people who've uh, been Who guests, guests with us yeah. in our shows, either in our improv death match or who've. Uh, I, I say this from the bottom of my heart. Uh, without the guest performers and guest groups, we wouldn't have a show no. to put on. Um, yeah. And if there's, you know, something to say to the improv communities. You know, not everyone can put on their own show. Please have, you know, groups. What I love is groups approaching us saying, can we be part of your show? Because it makes it so easy um, for you to turn around and say, yes, here's some dates, rather mm. than you having to go and find people. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I hope one day we, someone will get really famous and we can go, they played our night. Yeah, I know, I'm really, I'm, I'm hoping, like, I have some people on this, this list where I'm live yeah. one day. <laughs> they might be famous. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Thank That's you. fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. I made this. That's improv! <laughs> <laughs>